Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> not just for myself, but for this whole team. We gotta figure it out. Get our head out our asses and stop feeling sorry for ourselves. For whatever reason, that's the problem. We're not playing with no sense of urgency. And like I said, we're, we're out there feeling sorry for ourselves and I don't understand why. Today, we just didn't have no energy, no sense of urgency. We almost led the whole game and you wouldn't even have thought we did just because how our energy was and how nobody was smiling, nobody was happy for whatever reason. That's taking a toll on this team. It's got to turn around quick. Celtics fall to the Hawks 109-101. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog powered by... Grandstand. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? I am Jimmy Toscano here with Sam Packard of WEEI, and we are going to take you through a rough one at the TD Garden tonight. Celtics lose to the Atlantic Hawks. 109-101, and although they were winning for most of the game, you really couldn't tell. Other, other than the actual score above us, you would have no idea that the Celtics were winning in this game because they just played they played flat from start to finish, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of all of them after the game, hearing them speak, Brad Stevens wasn't a fan of the uh, intensity there on the court, and Isaiah Thomas actually had some really harsh words for his guys saying, that you really just couldn't tell, you know, they weren't they weren't even happy when they were winning. They didn't have that emotion, they didn't have that fire out there. And the Hawks, a veteran team, a team that's proven to win a bunch of games last year. I think they won 60 games. Uh, a little bit of a slow start to their season this year, but the Hawks are a very good team. And if you let them hang around long enough, they are going to step it up. And we saw that tonight, uh, late in the fourth quarter. But I want to talk about the first half. First few minutes of the game actually was ugly. I mean, There's the one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were talking about it at halftime. Like, are they really going to make us watch the second half of this game? I mean, the first half was, was so pathetic. It could only get better. Uh, luckily, it did get a little more interesting. Um, but unfortunately for the Celtics, it didn't come up on top. So what did you see there, I guess, going in that second half? I mean, when things started to pick up at least a little bit. Uh, it just – Jay Crowder had an amazing third quarter. He came out and uh, dropped 15 points. But I see the real turning point in this game was in the fourth quarter – the Celtics just couldn't play any interior no. defense. Paul Millsap was 5 of 6, scored 15 points. Al Horford had 8 points. And Isaiah Thomas said after the game, they basically ran the same pick-and-roll play five times in a row, and the Celtics couldn't yeah. do anything to stop it. They had a real trouble stopping interior defense. And it was kind of confusing to me because Amir Johnson in that fourth quarter only played 45 seconds, and that was at the real end of the game. Jonas Derebko got a lot of the time. 
And I thought that's what Amir Johnson was brought in here to do, was to kind of lock up that interior defense. And we didn't see him on the court, and the Celtics uh, kind of suffered, outscored 38-28 to in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and points in the paint was 68-36. to So that goes hand-in-hand hand with what you were saying with Amir Johnson. That is kind of strange, actually, that, that Amir was out for so long. I mean, the Celtics clearly were trying to go smaller, I guess, there. But when you are getting attacked in the paint the way they were, and I know that the Celtics, when they gave up that lead in the fourth quarter, it was all points in the paint. It was layups. It was and one fouls it was it was lacking of that presence down down low and you know that Jarebko is not giving you much on the offensive end either so that kind of hurt them on the other side of the ball but yeah I mean it, it was it was a tough fourth quarter I thought obviously I mean when you when you go down they had Celtics had a six-point lead there in the middle of that fourth quarter they let the Hawks score eight straight and that's when the momentum changes and then you've got issues especially the bad was uh, Kelly Olenek had a terrible stretch three plays in a row traveled just a real sloppy offensive foul, and then went for a rebound that was clearly going to be Celtics' ball, yeah. but he just stepped on the line. And I think immediately after that, the Hawks went on a run and led ever since. That was that was huge. You know, the the the, the third turnover by Olenek was just so unnecessary. I mean, just let the ball go out of bounds. There's no. It's not like you have a transition basket coming. Everyone's already walking back. Just let the ball go out of bounds. And the Hawks took that inbounds and they hit a three right after that. Um, to bring them within two points. I think the Celtics stretched it out a couple more points after that, but immediately the Hawks went on that run after it because they, they were starting to see that ball go in the hoop. You start taking advantage of those turnovers, and that's all, that's all it takes. All right, now we're going to show you one of those key fourth-quarter mishaps for the Celtics via our Grandstand app. Grandstand is the new sports app. Sports highlights straight from the crowd. Share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd, all from the fans' perspective. Download the Grandstand app at the App Store or on grandstand.me. And this is a key play because it was a tie game at this point, fourth quarter. Paul Millsap drives to the lane, gets fouled by Jonas Jarebko, hits the bucket, shoots the free throw, nails that two, and the Hawks never trail for the rest of the game. That's one of the many issues for the Celtics in this one as they fall 109-101 to the Atlanta Hawks. We will have you right here. Stay right here because we're going to have some Jay Crowder talk coming up in the next video because Crowder was one of the few guys who actually did bring it tonight for the Celtics. It all started in the driveway. I don't think we're playing with the same type of swagger. I think, we, I think those guys started building that swagger within the Celtics. You start hearing them yell and talk and be excited. We don't, we don't show any passion or any excitement anymore. We got to get back to that. Why, why don't you think? I don't know. Scott. We got to figure it out. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, playing for one another, I think, um, is a big part of it. We got to learn how to do that and get, get outside of ourselves. And, Get our swagger back, get our excitement back. <laughs> Tremendously, you know, new breath of life for me, and I really is a special day for me. I woke up this morning, and I, I said a prayer, thanking God how thankful I were to, to be in this situation, because a year ago today I was a little lost in this league, so I'm very thankful. How did that impact your performance today, though? Did that... It was a special day for me, you know. Um, the loss ruined it a little bit for me, but at the same time, I, I'm just thankful for, for the opportunity. And we are back on the Garden Report. I'm Jimmy Toscano. This is Sam Packer from WEI. We're going to start things off with a quick play of the game the grand, through the Grandstand app. Uh, take you through here. Grandstand, the new sports app. Sports highlights straight from the crowd. You can share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd, all from a fan's perspective. So download the Grandstand app on the App Store. I actually do, do download it, and I look at it a lot of time because sometimes I miss a play, and I guarantee you if it's a good play, it'll be on that app. Um, it was a great play, actually. Paul Millsap. Uh, it was a game-changing play because uh, the game was tied at this point. Millsap came in for the dunk, got fouled by Jarebko, 
and that was that the Hawks never actually trailed in the game after that moment. So that was a huge play. They never trailed. The Celtics never could get the lead back, despite Jay Crowder's best efforts tonight. A career game for Crowder, 24 points. That's a career high for him, 10 rebounds. And not coincidentally so, exactly a year from the day that he was traded to the Boston Celtics and the deal that sent Rajon Rondo packing for, uh, for Dallas. We all know how that ended up. Not very well for him there. Things don't seem to be going too well for him in Sacramento <laughs> not either recently, right no. now. Not recently. But not the case with Jay Crowder, who really has flourished here in Boston. And he even said after the game, uh, you know, how I think, I think he may have said the word blessed, hashtag blessed he was to, uh, for the trade to happen because he said a year ago at this time he was lost. You know, coming from, you know, a completely, this is a completely new area for him. Uh, he didn't know what his role was going to be, but it was a blessing in disguise because he really took off with the Celtics and turned those last, you know, those last months of his first contract into a five-year, $35 million deal. So it really is a life-changing trade for him. And he's, you know, it's a win-win because the Celtics have really benefited from him. Uh, he's playing with that intensity that we wish we saw from the rest of the guys a lot of times out there, especially in a night like tonight. I thought Crowder brought it tonight. And he did foul out, unfortunately, in the last couple of minutes. And you could just see how upset he was sitting on the bench, uh, fouled out in that game because he really was giving it everything he had. What do you, uh, what do you really see from Crowder this season, especially taking on a bigger role? And he's one of the leaders of his team now. I think that's it. Uh, what you said is important. Is that that he mentioned it after the game? The swagger and intensity that the general team lacked. That's never been a problem with Jay Crowder. He's going to bring it 100% every single night. And Stevens was actually asked before the game what he knew about Jay Crowder uh, when the trade happened. He said yeah. knew he could shoot corner threes, knew he thought he was good, and knew he had room for improvement, I believe. But Jay Crowder has really shown ability to, one, pass the ball, and two, just drive to the basket. Uh, kind of he seems like a, a fullback or a running back. Yeah. He goes hard to the basket and draws a lot of fouls. And I've just kind of been impressed with his general playmaking and I think the thing that makes him kind of most valuable to this team is his defensive versatility. Oh, yeah. Stevens talked about that a lot. And it's something we'll see more when Marcus Smart comes back because right now the Celtics are kind of limited in their ability to go small and put him at the four because they don't have enough uh, depth at the wing. No, and I agree. I think you nailed it with the defense. I mean, I said at the beginning of the season, I said, I think, you know, I think we were making a bold prediction. I thought, I thought that Crowder would make a case for one of the all-defensive teams, you know, first, you know, second, yeah. at least second. And I think so far you really – I mean, he's playing – a tenacious defense. I think he's becoming uh, nationally known like throughout the league on the defensive end. I don't think guys look forward to a matchup with Crowder because they know that he's going to be all up in their face. I mean, he's, he definitely leads the Celtics in steals. I actually didn't have any steals tonight, which is strange, but generally speaking, he's good for about two or three a game. Um, this is a guy that he, he leaves it all out there. And, and there's no way Danny Ainge, uh, Danny Ainge is a smart guy. There's no way, I don't, in my opinion, there's no way Danny Ainge knew that Crowder had the, all this in him. I think he had some some, some sort of idea. inkling because he did give him a pretty sweet deal. I think he's like a, a poor man. I mean, when he made the trade. Oh, when he made the trade. When he made the trade. Oh, Excuse me. oh yeah. Yeah. No, you could have no idea. <laughs> no. But I think he saw it the like the last fifty games of last season that he's kind of a poor man's Draymond Green, Damari yeah. Carroll, and his three point shooting has actually improved a lot this season. It's going to make him kind of one of those elite 3 and D guys, and I think he's probably one of the Celtics' most important players moving forward. Yeah, and Isaiah Thomas actually said after the game that he brought his hard hat tonight, that, that Crowder brought his hard hat tonight. And that's good to see, and you hope that the players that maybe didn't bring their hard hat, uh, they look, and you know, that, that shows up in the film. When they're watching the film, they say, you know, I can't take plays off because this, look what this guy to my left is doing right now. You know, he's going all out. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas is another guy. That he's, he always brings it in. If those two guys are, are upset with the effort that they see in the core or with the passion that they see uh, within their teammates, I think you're definitely going to hear, they're definitely going to hear about it. So uh, we brought our hard hats tonight. 
We will bring them on Monday when we are back here for a little KG action. That should be fun. Have Kevin Garnett in the building, maybe for the last time, maybe not. Hopefully. I don't want to see him. He should not be <laughs> playing basketball past the season. We love KG, though, so it would be good to have him back. We love you guys. So we will see you guys on Monday. Jimmy Toscano, Sam Packard for the Gun Report. Peace. Do I throw the paper now? Throw it. <laughs> you know, I thought we played with the right mindset on the defensive end at the start. I thought we were so sloppy with the ball. I thought both teams, like the first three minutes, was sick. Um, it was terrible basketball both ways, and um, but you know we've got to we've got to handle the ball better. We've got to cut better. We've got to um, get better shots. Um, you know, play better together. You know, all that stuff. We got exposed tonight again for the third time this week. Coach Isaiah Thomas said the other night, tonight's a must-win game. Obviously, it's not. Do you want your players to sort of have that kind of mindset you know, each and every game that they play? My biggest thing is focus on playing good basketball. It's, um, the results take care of themselves if you do that. Um, but, you know, hey, the other team's playing too. The other team we're playing tonight is awfully good. And uh, we'll have to play good to give ourselves a chance to win. I appreciate his competitiveness. I appreciate his thought with that um, and uh, one of the things I really like about it. You guys have really struggled to score with Isaiah on the bench. What are things you think you could do to give yourself a better chance? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question, Jay, and we're thinking about that answer every minute of every day. Um, you know, I think we've got to, uh, we've got to find, we've got to find ways for us to hopefully put guys in position to utilize their strengths as much as possible. Um, and it's a lot easier when you've got a, you know, a, a dynamic offensive player that draws so much attention. Um, so, um, you know, whether it's you know, scrapping some of the things we're doing, whether it's just doing it a little bit better, um, you know, whether it's just maybe um, finding a little bit more consistency, I think there's a lot of things that can go into it. You know, I was really concerned about the way we played offense against the Cavs on um, Tuesday. And then we gave up 119 the next night, so I wasn't as concerned about our offense. So, um, you know, obviously we can't dig ourselves those kind of holes where we score 77 in a game, but 116 should be enough. You said the other day that uh, Marcus was going to be reevaluated at the, the end of this week. Uh, any update on him? I don't have a I don't have a exact um, time uh, from a standpoint of an update or. Any any target date per se, so you know I, I don't anticipate him being available next for next week's games um, before Christmas, and uh, and then after that, you know I'm kind of on wait and see mode, like all of you are. Well, he was doing that when we were gone, um, and then today I didn't go. We had our walkthrough here, so I just came straight here. But he did a little bit more today, and he felt pretty good today. Um, but again, I think that you know, from what I've been told, it doesn't sound like it's any time in the next week. Don't you feel really positive about Jonas Wednesday? Yeah, you know, the one thing that, and we've been, you know, I hope we've been consistent saying this from day one. I've never had a question about our depth at the four and the five, like. We got a lot of guys, um, and you know, in some ways, it's been a real challenge because you know those guys don't always get to play. 
Um, and, you know, very few guys get to play the minutes that they desire to play when you have that many guys at that spot. And really, a lot of times it's one spot if we decide to play small. So um, I'm not, I, I've never thought twice about when those guys get in, they wouldn't play well. Um, they prepare every day, they work hard every day, and they're good players. Um, and I think that's one of our, you know, it's one of the benefits of our team um, that may not always feel like one when, you know, you've got guys that are sitting for long stretches. Coach, can you, I guess, Monday morning quarterback a year ago, there's a big trade, Rajan going to Dallas. Monday morning quarterback, just how that trade has worked out for you guys and your well, I, I don't really look at it from how individual trades work out or whatever the case may be. I think we've we've just tried to make progress every single day. I think obviously, um, you know, Jay Crowder has done a great job for us and has continued to improve, and hopefully will continue to improve. Um, we traded a very impactful player here for a lot of years, and um, but I, I think that. You know, I feel good about even even after um, a couple of games lost in a row, um, when I'm not feeling as good about life, uh, I feel really good about our progress that has been made regardless. What did you think when you got him? What did you kind of know, I guess, about him? What did you like about Jay? I knew he shot 34% from the corner three. I knew people had told me that he thought he could be a pretty good player. I knew he was tough when he played at Marquette. I knew nothing else. <laughs> so um, I'm really happy that he was included in that trade. What do you thought about the way he's I thought he's really tough to know. But I didn't know I didn't know that I didn't know that he could do all that he could do. When when we played New Orleans last year and he had the twenty two point game and we won that game at home when we were kinda of, we were really reeling. Uh, it was tough to find a win, tough to even find a chance to win. Um, you started to see like, hey, there's a guy that can um, you know, there's a guy that can do a little bit more than stand in the corner and shoot. He can, can drive a little bit. He can pass. We know he's a competitor. And being able to guard all those positions is it's just huge. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why we're all looking forward to getting Marcus back because it allows you to play other guys next to him because he can guard so many different positions. How much has he helped you from just the leadership or in the locker room standpoint as well? I just think he's a competitive young guy, and I think we've got a number of competitive young guys and it makes for a fertile environment for growth. And I think that that's one of the things that has been a real focus of ours that, you know, we keep in mind that a lot of these guys are have been solid contributors already but can get better. Um, and we have to, you know, prioritize that. So where did you see slippage or maybe some issues that crept up over the final few quarters of that last game defensively? Yeah, I thought we I thought they missed some shots that we that we slipped on defensively in the first quarter too. Um, we had a couple of rotations that were off. We had um, we missed a couple of their four man shooters um, popping that we need to be better at. Um, we we did a terrible job defending that half court shot at the end of the first half. Um, and you know, Caldwell Pope and Reggie Jackson hit some really tough shots, and so. Sometimes you have to credit the offense too. We need to do a better job on the four men. We need to block out a little bit better. But those guys hit some tough shots, and you know, hats off to them. Coach, when you look at the tape from the last meeting with Atlanta, I don't know if you look at it or not, but what improvements defensively do you want to see from your team? Yeah, we were really poor um, in that game. We talked about it afterwards, but Atlanta had a lot to do with it as well. Um, Atlanta was coming off of a of a losing streak at that point in time. 
and they played with their hair on fire. And uh, that's a 60-win team last year. That's a prideful group of older players. So um, we're going to have to play a lot better than that to have a chance to win. Brad, what do you think the biggest problem tonight was? It, was it turnovers or defense? Well, I think the first the first thing was credit them for making plays at the end. Credit Millsap um, for the great plays that he made. Sh or, uh, Schroeder killed us the whole night. Um, got wherever he wanted with the ball, and we didn't provide much resistance um, most of the time. And then I just thought our, our collective spirit waned. Um, so um, we have some work to do. You were talking about Millsap. Uh, Horford also seemed to have a lot of open stuff under the rim. I mean, did you guys just Yeah, I mean, part it? of it is you're, you're obviously focused on Corver, but Corver's only one guy, and we were so late reacting to paint threats the whole night. Um, and they did a good job of exposing us. Just a season high for turnovers for you guys, Brad. And you talked about you know just the spirit. Do you feel like you guys had the focus tonight, or is that just kind of I think, out of character? I, I think I think you know I thought we played with the right mindset on the defensive end at the start. I thought we were so sloppy with the ball. I thought both teams like the first three minutes was sick. Um, it was terrible basketball both ways, and um, but you know we've got to we've got to handle the ball better. We've got to cut better. We've got to um, get better shots. Um, you know, play better together. You know, all that stuff. We got exposed tonight again for the third time this week. Brad, uh, Jay had you know, one of his best games as a Celtic. Just what, how has his energy impacted this team over the last year? Yeah, the, I'd say there was no question he was competing at a high level. Yeah, he, he really competed at a high level no matter who he was on defensively, no matter what he was doing offensively. Um, you know, he was really competing tonight. It was really, uh, he kept us in the game in a lot of ways. Brad. Uh, defensively in the paint, they scored, I think, 68 points in the paint. What was – Yeah, like I said, we were late were... reacting to the paint drives. We were late reacting on our pulling in and our pick-and-roll coverages. We were okay in the first half on it, although they got us out of some, you know, some nice little wrinkles that they did. Um, it's what we talked about um, at halftime, the one technical thing that we talked about at halftime, and we didn't, we didn't do a very good job with it. Coach, you, you would uh, – you just – a couple of seconds ago, talked about how you guys got exposed again third time uh, this week. The solution is it something that you can that you see can come about internally? We'll find out. Okay. That's our only option, right? It's my it's my it's my job. You know, I focus on the 15 guys in the room. I don't focus on all the other stuff that's going on. You've. Uh... Had some big number games, but the result hasn't turned out. And does that get a little frustrating after a while? It does. It does. Yeah. It's, um, not just for myself, but for this whole team. We gotta figure it out. Get our head out our asses and stop feeling sorry for ourselves. For whatever reason, that's the problem. We're not playing with no sense of urgency. And like I said, we're, we're out there feeling sorry for ourselves, and I don't understand why.
Danny Yang said on the radio yesterday that the team needs another go-to scorer. Do you agree with that? I mean, we can use one. Our, our team's fine with what it is right now, but we can always use another guy that can put the ball in the basket um, consistently. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's Danny's job to find one. Would that take some pressure off of you to the defense? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, um, a guy that can put the ball in the basket, they can't just all focus in on me. But, I mean, until then, we gotta, we got to figure it out. What are the issues right now? I think it's, it's a mental game. I think for, for us, we today we just didn't have no energy, no sense of urgency. We almost led the whole game, and you wouldn't even have thought we did just because how our energy was and how nobody was smiling, nobody was happy for whatever reason. That's taking a toll on this team, and um, it's got to turn around quick. I think one of the best parts of your guys' interior defense has been your perimeter defense, stopping stuff before it even ever got there. Has, has that slipped away from you guys a little bit, or has the pressure on you to, to put up offense affected the other end of the floor? Um, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. We just we haven't made adjustments. Um, the last two teams go to one or two plays, and we play it the same way each and every time down. I mean, Atlanta played probably one play the last five minutes, and they scored on it. So as players, we have to figure that out. I mean, coach can't always help us out on the court. I think this team always looks for Brad to, when things are going wrong, always looking to the bench. And a more mature team doesn't always need to look at their coach. Are you guys being as tough as you need to be defensively? We're not. Defensively, offensively, we're not being tough at all. We're, and that has to change. In the other room, they were saying that they came out with a sense of urgency. We did. No, they, oh, they did. They all, their own team did. Yeah, I mean they play. They played more physical than us. I mean you can see with our turnovers. Um, they they're playing the passing lanes, um, denying denying the lanes. They did everything at a, a, a faster pace than uh, than we did, and luckily we were still in the game the whole game. And had the lead most of the game, but I mean good teams don't let that happen. When you uh, when you think of where you guys were a week ago. It's a very short time that things have just sort of been south. I mean, when this team gets hit a little bit, do you retreat? Do you? you we can't panic, but as players, we got to look in the mirror and, and look look at ourselves first, and then go from there and, and figure it out ourselves and and bring what what got us the win this season. I mean, when we when we win, we we play at a high level. But when we lose, it's like a totally opposite team and. We got to stop that. That's one thing that's going to define you guys. It's been your resiliency. Something bad would happen, and you turn it around really mm -hmm. quickly. This seems like you're kind of like in a funk. I don't know if it's. it's yeah. Like it's got I mean, we're we're hanging our heads. You haven't seen that from us. We haven't been a group to just hang our heads when things aren't going well, and that's what we're doing collectively as a group. Work. When things are going south, we're 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 not doing well, and we can't be that type of group where. We're, we're, we're happy, we're, we're congratulating everybody when things are, are good. Um, we can't be that group. We gotta be even killed and, and be consistent on all ends. You mentioned playing at that high level. How has your consistency at the line helped this team and how can it help this team move forward? The line, the free throw line? Uh, I don't know. I, I've always been able to make some free throws. So, but we gotta just focus in and lock in. I mean, they're free for a reason. We're not gonna make them all, but Got to make the majority of us.
Okay, with, with this current group, where can that help for you come from scoring wise? Everybody. I mean, that's our strength of this team is just not coming from one guy. Um, as a group, as a, as a team, we got to be able to do our jobs. Whatever our job is, we got to do it at a high level. And I think when we do that, we're a tough team to beat. And we know we're not going to have that every night, but for the most part, everybody's doing close to their job. We'll be in every game and give ourselves a chance to win. Jay said today was an emotional day just because it was his one year anniversary with the team. I mean, what do you think of the way that he came out and competed today? He played well. Yeah. Man, he always has his heart at him. He's always going to play hard. He made shots and he helped us out a lot. It just came up short. Since you've been here, I mean, how has his energy impacted the team? Um, he's, he's helped us a lot. That's what he does. He's an energy guy that can hit open shots, defend guys, and he does a lot for us. So. Continue to play well, and hopefully we continue. We can get some more. Uh, we didn't. We didn't um, collapse on the ball. We stayed. We stayed uh, attached to our man's on us on the perimeter. I gave him easy buckets in the paint. <clears throat> Never made him make the extra pass. But uh, it's a little, little defensive breakdowns late in the crosses. Jay Coach said the Hawks just took it to you guys in the paint. Is it up to the individuals now, I guess, to look inside of each other and make sure that happens? For sure, it's a pride thing. Uh, we got the right schemes, I feel like, and try to play hard within the scheme and uh, get outside yourself and play for one another. You guys were doing really well with their interior, with your interior defense by applying pressure on the perimeter. You, like the perimeter defense was your, was your interior defense. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we ought to get back to the basics. I think that's part of it. Of course, send the tone on the perimeter. Took it down to our big, but at the same time, uh, tonight was a case of uh, them scoring the paint repeatedly, and we didn't. We never adjusted. Jay, how has Isaiah Thomas's free throw shooting really helped the offense? He's had a lot of success at the line last yeah, two days. He's an attacker. You know, he's, he's going to get to the get into the paint and, and draw contact. And, uh, it's part of what he what he brings to the team, and it's part of what we're about on the offensive end. Uh, he makes he, he's, he's our go-to on offense, and we got to feed off him, and we got to keep attacking. Help us out, Jay. Uh, the Hawks were on a three-game losing streak themselves. You know, and it seems like that happens with teams. You balance being pissed off about that, yeah. but also keeping a level head. Yeah, I, th I think that's what it's about. I think those guys were a little more, a little more pissed than we were. You, know, you could tell they came out and played hard, and every time we got up big, they clawed back. They wanted it, wanted it more than we did tonight. Jay. Is it tough to say, Jay, that they wanted more than me? Yeah, yeah, that's real tough because, that, like I said, it has nothing to do with coaching. It's, it's, it's each and every player on the court. It's, not about, it's, not a, it's about the individual and what you want to, we want to play for one another, and we didn't do that tonight, and they did. So. Jay, you've been in this uniform now for exactly a year. So, I mean, how, how has this team opened up opportunities for you? Tremendously. You know, new breath of life for me, and I really, it was a special day for me. I woke up this morning, and I... I said a prayer thinking God, I thank God I were to, to be in this situation because a year ago today I was a little lost in this league, so I'm very thankful. How, how did that impact your performance today? How did that? It was a special day for me, you know. Um, the loss ruined it a little bit for me, but at the same time, I, I'm just thankful for, for the opportunity. I think you guys just are, are playing with the same kind of toughness that you were a week ago. I don't think we're playing with the same type of swagger. And then you think those guys start building that swagger within the circus. You start hearing them yell and talk and be excited. 
we don't, we don't show any passion, any, any excitement anymore. We got to get back to that. Why, why don't you think? I don't know. So we got to figure it out. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, playing for one another, I think, um, is a big part of it. We got to learn how to do that and get, get outside of ourselves and um, get our swagger back, get our excitement back. Is it as simple as missing a couple of shots and deflating a little bit defensively? Yeah, you can't, you can't be that, that way mentally. I mean, it's tough because some nights you're going to be shooting the ball well, some nights you're not. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to play within yourself on, all the, on the other end of the court as defensively and help one another and be there for one another, have each other's back, and we didn't do that tonight. See that happen in some? Yeah, of course. We didn't do it tonight, and we lost. You guys were up 90 to 84. What happened after that, do you think? Uh, they just executed on the defense end, and we, uh, we had too many turnovers as a team. And uh, we just got to be better with, with the ball. 68 points in the paint. Do you take that personal when the team comes in and does it? Uh, for sure, for sure. We got uh, we got to shore up, shore up our defense, and we got two days to do that before Minnesota comes out. What is it about these late game situations that seem to be catching you guys? You guys are so effective with it last year. I couldn't tell you. What's the uh, frustration level? I guess at top of the uh, he seems frustrated. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. What's the answer? Would you say? Really couldn't tell you. What do you think went wrong with the pick and roll coverage down the I really couldn't tell you. You know, I think uh, they can really get after you defensively. They've got a toughness and a physicality that um, a lot of nights is, creates problems for teams, including ourselves. And um, I think offensively, you know, different guys can do it every night. I think Evan Turner has been an X factor off the bench and Olenek um, coming off the bench. So, you know, when they're playing well, they got lots of different guys that can do things. I think lots of different guys that defend. So it's... Uh, I think they got the, you know, the hole is greater than, you know, some of the parts or however that saying goes. Are they a tougher team to prepare for during the regular season when there's not as much time, you know, going game to game? Yeah, no, I mean the the way they, uh, you know, cut and screen and move the ball and multiple actions and um, all the DHOs, uh, you know, I think they're unique in the way they play and, and you know, I think there is a level of preparation or it makes it harder to prepare. Yes. You guys were able to have success over them last time. What did you really see from your team that night? Uh, you know, I thought we were pretty aggressive that night on both ends of the court, and I thought we handled their aggressiveness on the defensive end and were able to get some good opportunities. And so you just have to be prepared for that kind of, um, you know, aggressiveness, and you have to match it or, or surpass it. Coach, is Kyle coming back to full of help? Yeah, you know, I think anytime Kyle and I have conversations, he feels very confident, feels very good about where he is with his health. And I think there's nobody that knows like Kyle knows. And, you know, so I think we see it on the court. I think we see things where, you know, he's doing things um, at a pretty high level. And, and I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. You know, missing two or three months of training in the summer is not easy, for, especially for a guy like him. But I think, you know, the feedback from him, most importantly, is very good. And, I mean, he does so many things for us, uh, you know, while he's on the court. So we're, he looks good to us. So inconsistent, like, the East has kind of been up and down. You're, you're not alone. But is that kind of maddening when you're playing well one night and then two nights later, or you just kind of see that struggle a bit? Yep, that's a good word. You know, I think, uh, I think there's probably 
you know, coaches and players alike, I think consistency is one of those things that we all crave and want. And um, you know, when you can find that, it's it's something you want to hold on to and just see if you, how long you can keep it going. And the entire East, I think you have to give credit to your opponents, and there's a reason why maybe none of us are as consistent as we like. I think a lot of good teams, a lot of teams that have improved and playing well. Um, but I think you know when you look at yourself, you just don't feel like, uh, at least in our case, you know, that we've been as consistent as we'd like to be and need to be. Did you see getting the conference getting a little more competitive going about a third of the way in? I think like ten teams have winning records now. Um, did I see that kind yeah, of coming, coming into the, the season? Year, think be this, this yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think I spend so much time on ourselves. I I really don't spend that much time on the rest of the league or the rest of the conference and all that. So. Um, I'm really probably the wrong guy to answer, which is strange. Are you a coach that doesn't ever look at the standings you kind of day by day, or, or do you look at it and say, okay, we go on a little winning streak, we're right up there in the two seed potentially? No, I would be one of those guys that doesn't really look at the standings, but it's been brought up to me so many times in these media scrums that you know I looked, and it's pretty unique to have you know whatever it is, eight, ten teams within a game or two of each other, and um, I don't recall ever being in that kind of. Uh, that kind of parity with you know ten different teams, so it's it's. Uh, I'd love to be the team that goes on a six game, ten game, whatever, two game winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> do you find teams are? I'm not saying the target is on your back. Do you find teams react to you differently this season as opposed to when that started happening second half of last season? Yeah, I, I would. I would say that that's kind of. I don't know. It's hard to feel it. I don't really buy into that, and I do think you know we started playing well fairly early last year and for a majority of the season. And to say that teams weren't you know coming after us pretty hard, um, I don't think would be very accurate. So to say that we're not handling it well this year because of that, I don't think is we're just not where we need to be.